Hey, good morning, Crossroads Ministries. I want to thank you for being here this morning. Uh, for those of you who are joining us online, I want to thank you for tuning in and joining us. If you're in the auditorium this morning, would you please stand and worship with us here this morning?
shout of praise here this morning. Amen. As we wait for the next song, would you please turn to your neighbors and just greet them today? We are so glad. Say hello just to somebody you may not know. Thanks for coming to Crossroads this morning. It is a great day to worship the Lord.
can have a seat. Good to be with you. Glad you are joining us here in the building and online. I have a few things I want to share that are coming up, and all these things fall under the banner of we are trying to help people find Jesus. We are bringing people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, from the kids' ministry to the students to us here in the service. Listen, that's all, at the end of the day, that's all we're trying to go after is just helping people find Jesus, because once you find Jesus, your life is never the same. And so, you, you, you know, I, I think about this week, I was talking to somebody via text, and we were just kind of got on the spiritual things, and I just said, I do not know where I would be without Christ. I don't. And so we have so much to be thankful for, and so so, so much to be just, just praising God about. Listen, uh, church, I want to just say, if we have any guests here in the building, welcome. We're glad you're here, glad you're online joining us. Please stop by the Welcome Center. We have something to give you by just saying thanks for being with us. So please stop by the Welcome Center before you leave. And church, that little blue card in front of you, if there's anything that we can connect with you about, please utilize that card, drop it in the box as you leave, or give it to the people at the Welcome Center. We would love to connect with you about anything, prayer requests, uh, something going on in the church that we can just follow up with you about, please let us know. A few things. Uh, today is our church picnic, so you are all invited to join us over at Palmer Park in Denora. There's information in your bulletin directions, as well as a brief schedule of what's happening. It's always going to be centered around food. So there's going to be food, softball game, cornhole tournament. There's going to be some kid stuff, but it's going to be a great time. So come on out. You are all invited. Good food, good people, good times, okay? So check us out afterwards. And then I also want to let you know our movie night's coming up on August 17th. So we're going to be in a few things a little bit different than last time. This time we're going to be having our Kona ice truck, and there's going to be bounce houses, so it's going to be some family fun stuff coming up at 6 o'clock. And then the movie Sing 2 we're going to be showing right as it gets dark. So bring your blanket, bring your chair, bring some friends. Come on up. It's going to be a good time. Just let us know you're coming. You can do that online or stop by the Welcome Center and let us know. That way we can plan accordingly. Uh, but there's also going to be concessions there as well. So please come on up on August 17th. And then C-Groups. 
Our vision is we want to see everybody connected in a healthy group. And some people I know, myself included, are like, when? When am I going to find time? But I want to encourage you and challenge you, make time. Because we have to have people in our lives. We have to have people that can pray for us. We need to pray for other people. We need other people to do life together with. And so most importantly, we want to see as the church continues to grow and people come in that are searching for Christ, growing in Christ, we want to have a group of people. It could be three or four. It could be 12. But we want to see everybody here at Crossroads connected in a healthy group. And so you're like, when are these groups going to meet? Listen, groups are going to meet all over the place, anytime. And so we're going to just praying and asking God, I would love to see as a church, I'd love to see us launch 15 groups, healthy groups that are pursuing Jesus and connected with each other this fall. So a couple things, hosts, we need hosts. So if any members are interested in, in being a host, what's a host? A host is somebody who has a heart for people, can open up their place, serve a snack, and go to our website. You can go to our website, you can lead a group because leading a group we're going to give you everything you need questions resources and then we're going to train you on august 24th and the 31st so if you're interested in hosting a group please grab me afterwards talk to the people at the welcome center go online let us know and uh, we'll see you at the training on the 24th and 31st and we're all driving towards september 19th we're going to launch all these groups so i've been having great conversations with people so in your bulletin sign up you can just check there's like three pieces of information just check if you want to host a group or if you want to join a group Put it in the offering box and then, you know, or the Welcome Center, and I'll follow up with you and get connected with you and talk about next steps. Church, God is doing amazing things, and you're going to continue just to see God grow as we continue to be faithful. Would you pray with us as we continue on? Lord, thank you for this morning. Lord, truly it is a privilege to just gather in your presence and to, to just think about all the things that we have going on to pause and to just rest in knowing, Lord, that you are sovereign, that you are pause enough. I don't Sabbath enough. I don't just rest and sit with you and talk with you. So that's a, that's a foreign subject to Western culture, Lord, but I just am so thankful, Lord, that we can just sing, we can hear your word, Lord, and just be encouraged by what's happening, uh, Lord, in your kingdom. Uh, God, just help us to open our eyes. Help us to have ears that we can hear. Um, Lord, your gospel is powerful. And, Lord, we just love you so much. And thank you for the faithfulness of your church and giving, Lord, for just the people who are serving all over the place. And, Lord, for we're seeing lives changed by your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for always loving us. In your name.
you and praise you with. Lord, we thank you for these truths. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, whatever reason we come in this morning, whatever um, whatever burdens that we bury, let, the, let us just lift those burdens up to you and that you can lift those burdens up and um, you just carry those for us. Uh, Lord, your grace and your mercy are, are sufficient for us in our lives. Uh, Lord, we just thank you, thank you for this, again for this morning. Uh, we ask you to just be with us here this morning as we listen to your word and we open up your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's thank our great God. What a wonderful day, huh? Amen. God's been so good to us this morning. Before we head into our message time this morning, we're going to have a baby dedication. And what a wonderful day to do it. Amen? So I'm going to invite Emily and Frankie to come on up with their little baby, Emmett Eugene Naughton, Okay. So uh, you're going to see his picture come up there. Yeah, let's give him a hand. Isn't he a cutie? Bring your whole family up. Bring your whole family up, all right? 
And uh, they, God has blessed them with a wonderful family. And we're so thankful for all that God is doing in your lives. And I know that uh, God is moving big time. And it's wonderful, isn't it? Let's welcome them onto the stage this morning, man. All right, guys. Good morning. And then this morning, as, uh, as we come, you know, she is following the tradition that Frankie and Emily are following the tradition of dedicating this little child to the Lord as we have done with your other children. And today, this is a beautiful day. It wasn't long ago we had Frankie up here, right? And uh, I should say little Frankie, right? So, and, uh, but uh, it wasn't long ago that he was up here, and now today we're dedicating little Emma to the Lord. And so we thank God for what God is, do- is doing in your family. And this is a long tradition in the Scripture. As you look in the Old Testament, it said that on the, on, the day, uh, the, the, on the seventh day, they would come and they would bring their, their kids to the Lord. They would dedicate them unto the Lord. And so today, you're bringing your baby to dedicate him to the Lord. And I just want to remind you of a verse of Scripture, Psalm 139. This is verse 13 through 18. It says, For you created me in my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Little Emmett is fearfully and wonderfully made, even in the mother's womb from the very beginning. Your works are wonderful. I know that well. My, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before, uh, before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. And I want you to just be thinking about that today because as we dedicate little Emmett to the Lord, and Emmett Eugene, right? Eugene, he's named after Grandpa, right? Grandpa is here today with the pirate hat on. Let's give him a hand today, all right? And great-grandpa, right? So we thank God for, uh, for this family. If you're with them, would you raise your hand? I wanna, let's, uh, let's thank God for their family that's all here today, all right? And so as we come now to dedicate little Eugene to the Lord, it's with great joy and honor, as I know that the two of you are seeking the Lord. You want God to work in your family. You want him to work in your life. And you, you're, you're, look at your family here. This is just beautiful what God is doing. And uh, God has given you an incredible family. And as he's put you all together for his glory, we're going to now dedicate little, little Emmett to the Lord. And we're just going to lift him up before, before God. And I'm also going to be dedicating them as parents. Because it's a big responsibility, isn't it? Uh, to, 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 to not only bring them to church, but to raise them uh, throughout the week with the word of the Lord and to honor God with your life. So let's come before the Lord. I'm just going to lay my hand on little Emmett's shoulder, if he'll cooperate. And let's, uh, would you, uh, let's join together in prayer, all right? Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord. And I thank you for this wonderful family, God. What you have done in, uh, in their lives is incredible. God, you have just given them this beautiful little baby, little Emmett, Lord, and I just lift him up before you, and I ask that you'll do wonderful things in his life, God. We now dedicate him unto you, Lord. We ask that one day you'll open his heart so that he'll be a follower of Jesus, just, uh, just as his parents are now, Lord. And so, God, as, uh, as just protect him and, and guide him and lead him in the ways of righteousness, Lord. I pray for Emily and I pray for Frankie, Lord that you'll put your hand upon them as they continue to raise this family to honor and love you. I pray for little Emmett this morning, God. Put your hand upon him. 
and just, just guide his life for your honor and glory. And, Lord, we will give you the honor and the glory. We now dedicate little Emmett Eugene to you, Lord. We thank you for, for, his, uh, for this life, Lord. He was fearfully, he is fearfully and wonderfully made in the sight of God Almighty. And we just are so thankful that, uh, that you have a plan for him. You have a plan for this entire family. So, God, we now dedicate little Eugene to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Eugene. God bless, guys. God bless. All right? God bless, guys. All right, let's give them a hand. This morning as we, uh, as we go to open the word of the Lord this morning, we're, I have a guest speaker in the, today, and I want you to be on the edge of your seat. I think you're going to be on the edge of your seat. You'll be blown away by what God's going to speak to you today. Um, we have with us um, Josh and Brianna Stokes. Brianna, I keep putting an awe, right? It's Brianna. Josh and Brianna. Jay, where's Josh come from? Anyhow, I just talked to Josh on the cell phone. Anyhow, Jay and Brianna Stokes. Jay and Brianna Stokes are here today. They are missionaries to Indonesia. They're working with tribal people in the most remote part of the world. And I'll tell you, I've been, I've been sharing with the church all along that, you know, um, God's called us to be to all be missionaries. We're all to go out. We're all to go to serve the Lord. But God gives some people a special assignment. And uh, we're all responsible to bring people to Jesus. Amen? That's what we do. We tell our neighbors. We tell our friends. We tell our family. But I believe that after just watching uh, Jay and Brianna this morning and hearing their ministry and just being able to connect with them, they're like the, they're like the Navy SEALs. They really are. God's given them a special assignment, and they've been faithful, and they are incredible at what God has done. Our, uh, our, our young people were able to support them through the Vacation Bible School. Uh, they went around getting their pennies, their nickels, their dimes, their $50 bills, and they brought them in and raised $2,500. Can we thank God for that, for, to help these folks? And uh, this morning, I want to welcome Jay and Brianna to the church and, to the, and their children. They've got three wonderful children. So would you welcome them as they come up and share with us today? Thanks, Pastor. Can I borrow that microphone? Hello. I have one child who's excited to come up front and two who aren't. I'll let you pick which two aren't. Um, is this on? You want to hold that? Yes, for the Stokeses, real quick, she's going to head downstairs. We just want to introduce the family. My wife, Brianna. My son, Jericho, who is 10. Noel, who is 6. She'll be 7 in just two weeks. And then my daughter, Eden, who's 13. And... Uh, yeah, my daughter would like to teach you guys uh, the tribal language. Would you like to learn a tribal language? All right, so is the microphone on? Yep, okay, so go ahead. So let's repeat. Ameo. Aviavi Noel. Do you remember what that means? So you just basically said, uh, she's just so used to saying it. She said, hi, I'll eat your brains. So there you go. So you guys just learned, hi, I'll eat your brains in a tribal language. So yes, it's a very cultural greeting. It's respectful. Um, but she wanted to say that, so she's being respectful. So there you go. But yeah, thanks for having us. I'll let them escape now. <clears throat> And uh, the other very, very common, my wife's leaving so she can't yell at me for saying this, but um, 
the other very, very cultural, other very, very cultural, respectful uh, greeting would be Ajan Noel. So everybody can say Ajan Noel. You just said we'll eat each other's diarrhea. So um, it's very cultural. They don't actually mean that they're, we've never seen that ever happen. All the years that we've lived in the jungle, it's just a very respectful um, greeting. So, yeah, so you've learned to eat brains and eat poop in church today. So uh, I'll segue into um, we are missionaries. We're tribal missionaries. And uh, the pastor said Navy SEALs. Um, I said earlier I think it's more like the A team or maybe the B team, you know, like a bunch of misfits that don't fit anywhere and got kicked out of stuff, and then they just... Um, that's kind of how I feel. Or that's how we feel. We don't feel like Navy SEALs whatsoever. Um, throughout the Bible, we see that God uses a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of people that uh, said they couldn't do anything for the Lord. Moses, you know, how can I do this? And uh, God can do amazing things with some crappy people. Sorry, kids. If I'm, well, I'm not really supposed to say that word in my household either. So, um, But God, we serve a great God who uh, who can do amazing things with nothing. And uh, we're just honored to be used by him. We moved to Indonesia. We give a quick just recap for those of you who don't know who we are. And uh, then we'll talk about what God is doing around the world. We moved to Indonesia 12 years ago, my family. Um, At that point, we just had the one uh, child, Eden. She was one years old. We moved to Indonesia. And um, we moved into the tribe called the Dem tribe eight years ago. Dem guys over there. And only Pittsburgh people laugh at that. Um, moved into that tribe eight years ago. The Dem people were a completely unreached people. Their language had never been documented, never been written down. They never had missionaries, never had government influences. They were just a, a tribe in the middle of nowhere. The only way in and out um, now is by plane. That's just since our family has moved in there. Before then, it was they, they had a patch of grass that they kind of um, cleared. I was sharing with the pastor last night the... What they have seen, they're a small tribe in the middle of five larger tribes. And the five larger tribes have all had missionaries. Some still do have missionaries. And so for, we guess, around 40 years, they've seen their neighboring tribes, different language, have missionaries come in and tell this talk. And one of the first things the missionaries always want is an airstrip. So they basically tried to build an airstrip, like the Field of Dreams movies. If we build it, they will come. And uh, they built it. You know, just the patch, they cut a cleared land, and, um, but we moved in there eight years ago, went in by helicopter, but now the only way in and out is by airplane. And so we've lived there for eight years, my family and I, along with three other families. In the video that I'm going to show, there's a picture of, of our whole team, um, all with the goal to learn their language and tell them the redemption story in their own language. So there was no Rosetta Stone. There's no Duolingo for the Dem language, so it was a process. There's a lot of pointing, recording for years, like baby talk, you know, for many, many years as an adult. And um, so it took us about five years, our team about five to six years to be fluent. And then we started putting their language down into a written form. Um, It's a whole process. We don't have time to get into what that looks like. And again, I'm just going to remind you. It sounds really smart. It's only because we have a team of people who are really smart, and I'm just do this, do this, te- no. Um, yeah, I said this in the first service. I, my mom's here. I'm gonna be in trouble. I cheated my way through high school. I almost got kicked out of Bible school. So, like, when we moved to Indonesia, 
our goal as a married couple was to uh, kind of do a support role, you know, buy supplies, build, work on things to keep the interior missionaries there, or it was to go to a tribe that already had the hard work done, and we would just kind of disciple believers, you know, learn a language that was already written down. God kept putting the Dem tribe in front of us, and we kept saying no, and we can all see in the Bible people who keep telling God no, you know, God is going to get whatever he wants. So um, he is sovereign, and he's just allowed us to be part of that. So we were here about three years ago, three summers ago, and uh, at that point we were sharing we're going back to Indonesia. Um, the plan was January of 2020, and hopefully we'll, in the springtime of 2020 was the plan to start presenting the creation, the Christ, story of redemption in a dem language for the first time. 2020, this little thing called COVID hit the world, and it didn't affect us and the tribe like it did you guys and everybody else. In the jungle, we didn't have mandates and required masks and all that stuff. I know you're jealous. Um, but it did affect the teaching because of, of a couple of things. One, I'll share, we had this war break out. And since we've been there, um, the eight years, we've, there's been lots of fighting, lots of different things that happened, but never a, an all-out war. We've heard lots of stories of wars that happened in the tribe. This was all within the dem. It wasn't like them versus other people. It was all entered them. And a big war broke out right in front of our house. A good friend of mine was uh, was shot, and he comes up the airstrip, and he's holding his sides, and he moves his, he's holding his hands like this, and he moves his hands, and there's intestines hanging out. And I'm not a doctor, so thank the Lord for messenger and satellite phones. So we got on the phone, and we called the doctor, and what do we do? And he's saying, shove it back in there, and yeah, that's not fun to do. And um, so we dealt with all that, and normally anytime there's a medical emergency, we would call the plane, the mission plane. It's, it's uh, Yajasi, that's an Indonesian, Wycliffe, and MAF. And about 95% of the time, we can always get a medical emergency plane to come in. But that same morning, as the flight was going on, a MAF mission plane had crashed and the pilot was killed. So all flights were grounded, and then so we couldn't get him out. And so he... Uh, we just watched him all night, and the next day we were able to get him out to town. He had surgery, 14 punctures in his intestines. Um, the arrow just kind of, he tried to dodge it, but it, you know, went through, and all that stuff was bundled up in there tight. So one arrow had 14 puncture wounds, and but he's alive. But, um, yeah, the COVID, the COVID, uh, COVID, uh, it affected it because um, out in town, he, we, we weren't able to get him back into the tribe. Um, the way that the culture in the dem is, everything has to be reciprocated. Everything, if you know, blood is spilled on this side, blood has to be spilled on this side. If someone dies on this side, then the war is not over until the same amount of people die on this side. And so, even though this man Tay, who was shot, um, he was fine. He had surgery. He was recovering. I had video of him. I had pictures. I was showing. Look, his family. He's alive. He just we can't get him back in. And um, they said, well, we're not putting our bows down until he steps foot back in dem. And he was stuck out in town for almost four months. So about four months, you know, our airstrip you'll see in a video is kind of like the, the middle line of the war. And so people were on this side holding bows, people were on this side holding bows for about four months. So naturally you're not going to meet to tell them a, the creation story in there with their bows wanting to kill each other. So that uh, kind of slowed things down. Also our main Bible translator Dylan, he was stuck off island for three months because of passport issues. And 
So it kind of just uh, delayed the teaching. So then we planned uh, January of 2021, of last year. We're going to start the, the creation of Christ, story of redemption for the first time in the Dem language. So that was last year. And as we're getting ready to start the lesson, start the teaching, you know, we're talking to all the people. This is a big talk. You know, this is, this is an, you know, they had heard of the Bible. They had heard of a creator. So this is the creator's talk. It's for all people. And um, there's lots of little stories inside this book, lots of little talks. But you put those talks together, and it's one talk. And we want to tell you the whole talk. And it's a long time. You can't just tell you bits and pieces of the talk. You have to tell you the whole talk. And so it's going to be a long time. So it's about four months is the creation of the Christ story. It's five days a week. We had no idea how many people would show up. First day that we were supposed to meet, um, about 500 people showed up. And we thought, wow, you know, this is incredible. There's no way this is going to last for four months, five days a week. And like I said, there's no uh, modes of transportation except your two feet. And so they were hiking from hours away. Some were crippled. Um, but for four months, they kept coming. Four to five hundred people just kept coming. It didn't matter what the weather was like. If, if it was rainy, they were a little bit late, you know. Um, not everybody has umbrellas and things like that. So but they just kept coming. They were hungry to hear the talk. And uh, that happened. That went on for four months. The reason it's four months is because these people are animistic. They have a list of different spirits, gods that they serve, that they worship, that they live in fear of. I forgot to warn. There's one picture with a bunch of blood from uh, pigs. So if there's vegetarians, I apologize um, in the crowd. But, yep, there you go. Um, so it's four months. So we start in the very beginning, Genesis 1-1, to lay that found creator. But it was just um, added to their list of different things that they tried to appease. If a pig gets sick, if their kid gets sick, if their garden isn't growing the right way, if the weather is bad, they have all these different spirits, different rituals that they would do to kind of appease whatever the issue is. And uh, they had to name Jesus. There was even a tribal pastor who, after, you know, if someone was sick, they would do all their different things with pig's blood and chicken's blood, and then they'd call the pastor, and the pastor would even cut a chicken and sprinkle blood on. They were just trying to cover all their bases. They had no foundation of who God was, of why Jesus came. It, and you'll see in the testimony, they heard the name Jesus. Okay, he, they heard that he had died. They had heard that his mother's name was Mary, but that was about it. Uh, laying that foundation of something and then that we were all descendants of Adam and Eve. And so, like, to give a visual effect for that, or effect, a visual, not effect, visual demonstration for that, it was like the first or second week of the teaching, and we go and cut a branch, a big branch off this huge tree right there, and we bring the branch in. I forgot to warn you, this is going to be interactive, sorry. Um, so when you cut the branch, we brought the branch in, and we asked them all, is this branch alive or is it dead? Class, is it alive or dead if I cut a branch and I bring it in? It's dead, right? Why is it dead? Because it was disconnected from its source of life, right? The thing that provides life to it, it's now been separated. And um, it looks alive, right? When you first cut it, the leaves are still green. You know, the, the branches still have a little wiggle in them. Um, they look, it looks alive, but it's dead, and that is, that is us. That's all mankind. Our dis, you know, we are all descendants of Adam and Eve. And once they disobeyed God, they were disconnected from the source of life. And so all these little branches, all these little leaves are all the descendants. You know, this is us. This is the Dem tribe. This is people from Pittsburgh. This is people from South Africa. 
Um, we're all descendants, and we cannot take that branch and we can't glue it back to the tree, can we? You know, we can't duct tape it. Duct tape fixes, fixes lots of things, but that's not going to fix that. Fix that. Um, there's nothing you can do to reconnect that, and that's just how we are. We are disconnected from the source of life. All descendants of Adam and Eve are disconnected from God, the creator of all things. And there's nothing that we can do to rejoin us to the source of life. And then working through the Old Testament with different stories in Isaiah and Malachi and Micah and, and the Psalms and going through select stories of there's, um, because we're all descendants of Adam and Eve, we're sinful. There's nothing that we can do. So there has to be a, a covering of our sins. And in the Old Testament, what was that class? It was the blood of a lamb. But it was a temporary covering, correct? And the very presence of where God is, like we talked about the tabernacle. The tabernacle was so huge to them because we're talking about the tabernacle and in that room of the Holy of Holies is the very presence of God. And what would happen if anybody would just put a foot behind that curtain? What would happen? They died. Because you cannot enter in the same presence of, of the Creator. On Mount Sinai, when Moses is up on the mountain talking with God, and the presence of God was there, they put a fence around the whole mountain. Why? Because if, if an animal, if a person would ever put a foot on that mountain, they died. And so we're talking about that. So there's, that curtain was blocking the trail, as we would say. There was a trail to the presence of God, and that curtain, that veil, was blocking that trail. And so we're talking through this, and then we had this little list in the very beginning of all these different uh, prophecies that the Redeemer would fulfill. He would be born a certain way. He would die a certain way. Something would happen after he would die. All these different things, this whole list. And then we introduced Christ, you know, three months into it. Um, does he fulfill all these? Yes, he was born just as they said years and years ago. He would die a certain way. Yep, we checked that off. And so it made, it, it made sense to them that here is this Redeemer. And, um, and that veil when he died was such a huge thing to so many of our believers now was that once Jesus died, the veil had been torn and that trail that was blocked off had now been open. Uh, the access, the trail to God, to Yahweh the Creator is now open. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why it, it takes about four months to do that because you're trying to lay a solid foundation. I'm going to talk about what happened after we presented the gospel, but I'll show the video first. Um, in the video is a testimony of a young man named Tone. And uh, it says, if you read it, you naturally say Ton, but it's Tone. And um, I transla- it's in subtitles, so if you have reading glasses, you'll want to put them on. But uh, yeah, we'll cue the video and we'll be back.
supposed to uh, side note. Um, the Dem people are very, very, they're a very friendly group of people. They love to laugh. They love to have fun. And as soon as you pull the camera out, they're just this. So my wife's always like, whenever you tell people, like some of those pictures, some of the people are just, they look miserable. Even like the graduates from the school, they look miserable. They're, they're smiling, laughing, laughing. You pull the camera out, it's this. So that's a side note. Um, so yeah, I think from Tone's testimony, you can see that they understand uh, the gospel. I forgot to tell you before the video that there was going to be a test after the video, and so a uh, pop quiz. Uh, in Tone's testimony, and even in some of the worship songs this morning, there's kind of a little theme that he kept talking about, referring to. Anybody catch that? It's true. That's definitely one. Um, but as far as where, what he thought in the past, or what, what they, their state was in the past, in darkness... Um, you hear testimony for testimony. They talk about all the time about being in darkness. They were like blind people walking down the trail, and they couldn't see. They were in darkness, but now they know the truth. And um, that day that we presented the gospel, um, we presented the gospel, and we said, this talk that you just heard is a very heavy talk. It's very, very heavy. Um, so some of you are confused. You want to talk about it. Like, let's, after we, you know, dismissed, like, let's, let's talk about it. We dismissed, and... It was like a funeral. Um, so the gospel means good news, right? I mean, it's good news. And so we're going around talking with people and trying to get you know, testimonies from different people and just like, what do you think about what just happened? Christ's death, burial, resurrection. And they're like, it's true. I believe it. You know, like I believe what Christ did for me is real. Like it was my, it was my punishment. But they're just, they were broken. And, you know, I think it, it threw us, our team in a loop as a, through us, through through us in a loop. I can't speak in English. For a loop, there you go. Um, because you know, salvation means good news. The gospel is good news. So we're like, this is good news. You should be smiling. But I think for um, the Western culture, we minimize sin. We don't take sin as as heavy as it really is. Um, there's always people who are worse than us. Um, I'm always not as bad as somebody else. And yes, Christ died for me. I deserve death. But there's always somebody worse. For the them, the weight of sin was so heavy for them. It, it broke them. <clears throat> and uh, their testimonies were clear. So, so clear. But they were broken by their, their sin and how heavy it was. And that God would send His Son. That God in the flesh would come to earth and die for them. Like they deserved that, but it was taken from their punishment had been lifted off of them and put on Christ himself. Um, so it was, a, it was an incredible, incredible day. It was incredible weeks of just hearing testimonies. And then now they're, when they talk about their salvation, it's all smiles. But in the when they first realized the weight of their sin and what Christ did for them, it was, really, it was so heavy um, for them. But real quick, I'm going to... Uh, Open up the Bible to First Peter chapter two, verse nine and ten. You're the second service, so I can keep you as as long as I want. Pastor said, um, "No, I'll get you out of here in just a couple minutes." First um, Peter chapter two, verse chapter two, verses nine and ten. We're going to talk about that darkness. It's up on the screen, so I'll read it. For you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one. Who has called you out of darkness 
and into His marvelous light. Verse 10, Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When I read that verse, I can't help but think of our dim brothers and sisters. Uh, they were not a people. We, before we accepted what Christ did for us on, our, on the cross, we were not um, a people. We had not seen mercy, as it said. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Uh, and then in verse 9, but now that we have accepted what Christ did, now that the dim have accepted uh, what Christ did on their behalf, they can read verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for Him, for His possession. His. Who's His? The Creator of the whole world. For His possession. But why? So that you may proclaim the praises of the One who has called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. And um, so many of the testimonies that we hear from the den, they talk about the darkness. Being in darkness. I think... Coming from a Western culture, again, um, darkness isn't, isn't real to us in a sense. I know for them, they live in fear their whole lives. Of, and they live in spiritual darkness of different spirits, of different things. And so they really do feel that darkness. And now that they have heard the one true talk, um, the way that they talk about it all the time is the world is full of all kinds of talks. There's little talks, there's big talks, um, and there's all these crooked talks. But there's only one straight talk, and that's, that's the Creator's talk. That's Yahweh's talk. And uh, we can praise the Lord that you as a church who have supported us over these years, and um, whether you knew it or not, you did. And uh, you had a part, a, a small part in seeing the dim come to know you. Or come to know, gosh, Lord, help me. Come to know Him. And, um, but He doesn't need any of us. He doesn't need this church. He doesn't need the Stokeses. If he didn't use our family, he would have used some other um, uh, idiot, you know. Um, I just never know what I'm allowed to say, you know. So uh, he's saying whatever. But um, he would have just used anybody to do his, his work. I mean, that verse that I had up there, Revelations, um, it's already written in the book that there's going to be representation from every tribe, tongue, nation, standing before the throne, singing, proclaiming the, the praises of the one who has called him out of darkness and into the marvelous light. It's a promise. So we're just, uh, we're very thankful to just be part of it. He didn't need us, um, but he wants a relationship with us. He wanted a relationship with the Dem. And so you can rejoice that there is now um, a Dem church. The birth of the Dem church happened last year. They're just baby believers learning how to walk through life, casting off their old ways, the old lies that Satan has blinded their ancestors. That's how they say it. And um, just learning how to walk as ones who are now connected, rejoined with the source of life, only because of what Christ did. And um, a really cool thing, once we presented the gospel and we said, those of you who have accepted this, who believe this, we can't see your insides. Only the Creator does. So you can tell me whatever you want. It's same for you. You can tell the pastor, the deacons, whatever, um, that you believe this, but God knows your insides. So, um, But we tell them, if you really do believe this, you know, culturally they would always call um, us mother or father. I, I know I'm younger than most of them, and I can't grow a beard. And in the tribal culture, if you don't have a beard, you're not a man. So... It's a whole thing. So, 
Um, but they would call me father and or uncle. Like that's just a, that's culturally what they do. So I we when we taught these guys and we said now that and women now that we're believers, we have one father. And so don't call me father anymore. Don't call me uncle. You can call me brother. And uh, culturally, it's hard for them to break what they normally do. Um, but that guy, Tone, he's the only one. Every time he comes in my yard, he goes, hey, big brother. And because uh, he's like, yeah, I, you're my big brother. We have the same dad now. And so it's really, it's amazing to see what God has done. Don't have time to share so many stories. And uh, sorry if you're a little confused because I had to jump all over the place. But just rejoice knowing that um, you have a brother. Tone, your little brother named Tone, and many, many others um, in the Dem tribe that you'll meet in eternity. And it's only because of what God has done, and he's just allowing us to be part of it. So I will pray, and then uh, if you have any questions, we'll be around, and um, yeah. Father God, I thank you for this day. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that we can call you Father. I thank you that you have adopted us into your family. You have called us. You have rescued us from the darkness. Um, we were dead. We were dead. There's nothing a dead person can do. He's dead. But you came down in flesh. You sent your son to die, to take our sins, so that we can be reconnected with the source of life, so that we can know you, so that the trail that was closed because of our sin is now open. And we can freely um, walk on that trail to you, by accepting what you did on the cross for us. We thank you for that. We just thank you that you allow us just to be part of of what you're going to do with or without us. And um, it truly is a privilege. Thank you, God, for all that you do and all you're going to do um, despite us. Amen. Amen. Let's thank God for Jay and Brianna and their family. Powerful message, the straight talk. Isn't that powerful? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can get all kind of talks in our world, can't you? We get talked to about your, your, uh, your career. You get talked to about being good. You get talked to about your family, all kind of things. But the one that matters is the big talk. I love that, the big talk, the straight talk. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I want you to catch a little glimpse of what he was saying there. When we get into eternity, like I've watched that video four times now. And I weep every time through it because at the end when that plane is taken off and that verse comes up and it says that one day we are going to be in the presence of God Almighty. And as he said, our brothers and sisters are over there because God called a young couple and said, I want you to go to the most remote place. And Jay, you even told me you don't even like to fly, right? He hates flying. And it's like 30 hours worth of flying to get there. And then that little tribe, the only way he can get in now there is on a plane. God is an incredible God, and he's doing great things. And so there's still a lot of people in darkness. We've got to keep going. Amen? And so let's stand together as we sing our closing song. Uh, but before, before, we, before we sing that song, I just remind you, if you'd like to help continue to support Jay and Brianna th- this morning, you can just take your, the giving envelope in front of you, put a gift in there, make it out to Crossroads, put it in the box, but mark it, Jay and Brianna Stokes, and we will help them. It will go, everything that you give for them will go directly to them. Uh, we're so thankful for what God has done. Amen? Let's thank God for Jay and Brianna this morning and their family.
First Ministry this morning. I want to thank you for being here today and for spending your Sunday morning with us. Please go with peace. You are dismissed.